Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams. Amanda, I thought that I was going to like Joe. I thought I was going to like this episode. I loved Joe. And I loved this episode. Oh my goodness. It's because Joe Saxton walks into a room and just lights it up with her personality, her beautiful English accent. And she loves God's word. She loves women. She loves pointing them to Jesus. Y'all, this girl shines. You are going to see the light of Christ through this podcast, and we can't wait for you to hear it. Let's get started. Well, English bacon has more meat. Yeah. But it's not like Canadian bacon, which I'm not quite sure what which is, is happening yeah. there. Not sure I approve. I don't know that it's bacon. No, I don't know that it's bacon. Is, I think is English pork. bacon like a pork belly? Situation? It's more like it's like what is American bacon? We in England, I grew up calling that streaky bacon because okay. it's all the fat and Fatty. stuff. Oh. So it's just more of the meat. Yeah. Like all that meat that that got cut off, that was in England. Oh, we gave all of the good meat to England. You did. Okay. But so, I have now an, another kind of affinity for American bacon. All right. So I will up the ante a little bit and tell you that I love I don't know that I'd say I love it. A thing that happens in our house sometimes is that we cook, this is really going to kind of be gross, hog jaw bacon. It's like, it's basically like, so if you have, think of the bacon and you take mm-hmm. like the meat part. Yeah. And then you have like the one that's both the meat and the fat. This is pretty much just the fat. Yeah. Wow. It's I, intense. Amanda grew up, not in England, in LA. I, I grew up in lower Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> in Tennessee. Yeah. You know. So um, it's just the fat. I don't know. There but, might be I some meat. I don't know that that's a fact, but that's the way it, taste <laughs> that's the way it behaves it behaves it's i think it's more normally something that you would put like in a dish to season it while it's cooking yeah. so you love joe loves bacon mm-hmm. american bacon yeah target yeah what else i mean what sums your husband your husband's name is chris, chris. yeah mm-hmm. so i presume yeah joe he, loves he, chris. yeah he, he's allowed in together here. forever um <laughs> What about yeah. you love God's word? I do. Yeah. I do. Big fan. And big you love fan. women. Like, that's what I know about you. Like, yeah. when I think Joe Saxton, I think like a woman who champions women. Yes. Oh, what a good thing to be known yeah. by. If only that was true of high school. But anyway. <laughs> or middle <laughs> school. Or any high school. Oh, actually, mainly middle school. My yeah. daughter is that's in seventh grade. Oh, and me I just, too. I feel like, mm. oh, is there a support group? But speaking of high school and women championing women, there is a all girls high school in our town. And we have some friends who have friends who can afford to go to that high school. But the report that I get from that place, and I'm sure there are a lot of things wrong with it, but having taken boys out of the equation in high school, women champion women. Like they're just kind of for each other. And like it kind of just removes a lot of the complication that comes in high school. And it sort of ends up being this environment of like women that are just kind of for each other. Maybe that's the competition what we need goes to do. away a little bit. Maybe I mean, we need to find. Let's not do away with all the men because we I sure went, need them. Yeah, I went to They're an old girls school. Yeah. I went to an old girls school. You did. Oh, you did. Yeah, okay. It was not the same. Not the, same. <laughs> not the case. You're oh gonna, well. That was story you heard, Rachel, is not real. Well, no, it, it's a great story. It's great, and I'm sure it is real for there. It was good at certain things. It was very good, like for the girls who were into STEM. 
yeah. and stuff. The science kids and everything, they just were into STEM. Do you know okay. what I mean? There wasn't. Right. They, so I think it was good in that respect that it gave you a very broad palette yeah. about what was possible and you didn't have to think about, there was no like, this is what guys are good at, this is what girls are good at. Uh-huh. It was just. Yeah. So I think that was just really healthy. That part of it was really healthy. And the sports side of things was just really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's. The kids were nuts, but other than that, it was excellent. <laughs> kids were nuts. Yeah. Was it I, just all girl high school or also middle school? Both, yeah. Both. Just all the time. Wow. All oh, the girls. time. Wow. Well. I felt we needed a little balancing myself after a while. Okay, that's fair. That's reasonable. Just to... Just to a little testosterone. Yeah. It's a lot of estrogen in it's a lot. place. A lot. In puberty as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just a lot happening. That's just a lot. Just a lot. And All you right. have two girls. I have two girls, yeah. Okay, so one's in middle school. One's in middle school and one's a freshman. Oh, you're really in, mm, in you're it. You're doing I'm it. In it. You are in You're it. pioneering because my oldest is the middle schooler and she's also the only girl, but she's so brave. Kids are so brave. They like just go into these really hostile environments <laughs> willingly, <laughs> willingly day after day I, well I, willingly but also like you well, also I mean, have they zero would choose option. that too yeah. it's true. yeah well yeah. i mean but they do go eventually yeah. eventually <laughs> perhaps under threat but still <laughs> they do go but they have the choice to be brave in it's the situation true. that's true how well, do they respond i love that we're already talking about women because spoiler alert that's really what i want to talk about first with this week so we're reading this week it's week what week are we on three. we're right in the middle aren't we we're week in week three. three so if you are listening and you have not been reading the women and men in the word playing with us it is not too late because we're not even right in the middle. You are we're fashionably at the late. The you are right week. on time. This is really when the cool kids start to arrive. <laughs> That's right. At the party. This is basically just my every day. Ask Rachel. It's like, oh, I have a meeting at nine. I'll see you at 920. I'm so sorry, everyone. I look forward to that meeting. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I try to do better. <laughs> but this week is, it starts with probably one. Of, are we allowed to choose favorite? I think we are. People I in do. the I, word. I, my I, favorite Bible character is Jesus. Okay, okay, well, thanks Jesus aside, <laughs> okay, thanks. Jesus, Holy Spirit, got the, tri- I think the we, Trinity. We have to, that's aside. the assumption okay. of our favorite. And then yes. we do these uh-huh. other And then ones. our second okay, favorite. Okay, so who's we'll yours? You, you know who yours is, I can tell. Well, I have eras. Where oh, so, oh, yeah, good. I do. I have. So I'm having a Barnabas era. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, I like him. We both guess. Oh, we've been reading the Barnabas, Barnabas era. Yeah. Oh, I wish Barnabas were in our week, but he's Loaded not. No. Oh, you're <laughs> sorry. Come on. Okay, we'll come back. We'll yeah. do that another time. You can still talk about him during this week. You we totally can. I'll just throw him in every so often. Please do. And also, Barnabas did this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not unlike Barnabas. <laughs> this has nothing to do with my friend Barnabas. Yeah. <laughs> I think that shows how much you love God's word, because that's a little bit of a deep track for a favorite person. My Mine's Mary Magdalene. I just oh. adore her. I don't don't even know all the reasons why, but like I the top forties. Yeah, I really love her. But Amanda's I feel offended like that I just said top forties because Amanda's an actual music. Concert. I just kept breezing right moving. past. I know, that. I, I noticed you just it. kept moving. Just breeze right point. past it. <laughs> but I feel like Mary Magdalene's more expected than definitely than Barnabas. Yeah. So good job. Why, thank you. Who's yours, Rachel? I'm currently a little obsessed with Esther. You know this. About oh, it. that's true. Yeah. We had this conversation back in February with Jess Connolly where like, I just love the book of Second Timothy, mm-hmm. but really it's not about Timothy for me. Like, I just that's love true. what Paul has to say in that book. There's just some really, really good stuff in there. Some sound doctrine, if you will. A sound doctrine and some toe stepping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some toe stepping. I like a toe stepper. I, I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. on the toe stepping team. My other is Peter. So basically oh, no yeah. one that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so, so we've, got, we've <laughs> so just got them all favorite. out of the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. All right, we're all done, guys. We'll see you back here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we were talking about 
women being a champion of women. I love that Jesus was a champion of women. And yeah. I honestly don't think I knew that about him. I don't know if it's just that I didn't observe it about him or if he wasn't talked about in that way in like the circles that I grew up in. But I think that I was at least a 30-year-old as someone who grew up in the church before it really dawned on me that the way he yeah. loves and honors and respects and cares for women is... It was totally countercultural. It, to it broke all the, day. the norms. Yeah. 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 I and mean, I'd, you think women at the well, you think, you know, the fact Mary Magdalene is a great example of that. But I mean, even just like letting Mary sit at his feet, Mary of Mary and Martha, which like women didn't mm-hmm. do that with rabbis. Like that was a no. It's true. And so before I forget, I want to mention in if you have the Women and Men in the Word study book, it's totally fine if you don't. If you do, there's an extra in there called Jesus and Women. And it kind of just gives just example after example and references of some of these stories where Jesus honors women in a way that was scandalous (laughs) for his time or just wasn't done. I think sometimes part of the reason why we maybe don't realize how radical it is is maybe for us it just looks polite. Yeah, It just looks polite. It's just like, oh, he's nice. Rather than people would have thought, what is this? Like this was an earthquake happening in their midst with every interaction because that's effectively like the woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, earthquake in their midst. Yes. Samaritan woman, earthquake in their midst. Having Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna and Mary around, earthquake in their midst. Right, yeah. But for us, it's like, oh, well, they were there. Right. There's the women in the story. Oh, the ladies. No, but they weren't just there. And they weren't just hanging back. Exactly. Like, that's what struck me about the Monday reading for this week is the number of women who are mentioned by name. And then twice in this selection of readings, it says, and many others. And it means many Many other women. Yeah. Like, it's Mm -hmm. still talking specifically about women. And so it just, I mean, I wrote in the margin of my study book, tribe of female followers, disciples, Absolutely. you know, and they, I just forget. And I hate that because I think that in my forgetfulness, I'm being complicit in sort of like propagating this, like, yeah, he was a nice guy. No, like this was different. I love that there was the expectation that they would be followers, you know, that yeah. they were in terms of people who would imitate his life, who would learn from his teaching, who would turn their lives around and follow him. Right. Because which is different to even just a kind of, oh, you're welcome to be in the room. It's like, no, no, no. Uh You're going to learn what it means to walk in the Father's ways. You're You're in on this. You're in on this. You're going to learn this sharing that I'm doing with these others who are traveling. You're coming, but you're not just coming to hang out. You're going to learn. You're going to be a follower of Christ. This is for you. It's not just for the 12 men that I've named my disciples. Like This is also teaching that is for you. And I mean, there's not a time when Jesus... Well, there is a time. I mean, he says it to the Samaritan woman. It's like, if you knew, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Okay, but while we're on the subject of Mary Magdalene specifically, she was... I'm trying to think of what the theologically appropriate term would be. Is she the first evangelist of the risen Christ? First eyewitness of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And other guys followed. Like it was important that the gospel writer included her name as the first person to right. be included. And earthquake. The Absolutely. fact that Jesus Again. first reveals himself, his resurrected self yeah. to 
her. Because there's been lots of acknowledgement, hasn't there, by the studies of the day saying that a woman's testimony wasn't seen as credible in a court right. of law. Yeah. So to make that choice, mm-hmm. because you could choose anybody. Thank you for saying that, yes. You, you could have chosen Joseph of Arimathea. Right. You, could have cho- you know, and you could have mm-hmm. shown up to the Pharisees to make that choice deliberately that this woman... Yes. This testimony be, matters. Would, that this testimony matters. Yeah. And it's just incredible. And that, again, in these slight way, and I think for me, that was one where that was my earthquake about Jesus with women was, I thought at first, Mary Magdalene, oh, Jesus, isn't that sweet? She's been so loyal. Right. That you, sure. How tender. And that, how, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, how tender. And then to realize that her testimony was not seen as valid in the court of law, I'm like, whoa, what right. are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, wow, what are you thinking? And as a woman, to hear that my testimony matters. Yes. Yeah. And that you have given me this incredible responsibility that the most game changing information while everybody's yeah. hiding and grieving or in shock and she gets to share. It's right. yours to share. I have I seen mean, the it's Lord. Just phenomenal. In John 20, when Jesus appears, that's where this happens, right? Where Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. He's not there. She's upset. And he says to her, Mary, what I love when she realizes that this is Jesus. And she, of course, just exclaims. And you can, I mean, it doesn't say what her posture was, but I would have probably hit my knees at that point. But he says in verse 17, don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. I love that. I mean, it, it reminds me of Jess. Yeah. Go and tell. Yeah. But he says, Jess like, Connelly. it's so. For those who don't know I'm her sorry. by her first name. She's not <laughs> no, everyone. It's not everyone's only Jess yeah. in their whole lives. But I love how clear his instructions are. Don't cling to me. Go and tell them. Yeah. And she went. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like, you know, I was like, no, Lord. I'd rather just stare at you. Yeah. You were dead five minutes ago. And, yeah. I, you know, as far as I knew. But she went and she announced. And I wish I were in the room, like to be a fly on that wall. Like, mm. what would that have been? And how captivated her audience must have been when she I'm, walked in and said. I'm struck by it because I wonder, knowing that culturally, that her voice would not have been seen as valid, that what these guys would have... What you know, the sheer done? disbelief of the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because this is... Did she lose her mind? Would their reaction yeah. have been appropriate? Yeah. By that I mean, would they have reacted appropriately? Yeah. yeah. How right. would they have even begun to gather? But clearly there's some degree of trust or whatever that begins to take root when she starts describing and mm-hmm. saying. and Or maybe they've seen the way that Jesus gives has her... Has modeled. Yeah, has modeled. Has modeled. To treat her and value her and honor her. What I love about this is that you see a glimpse into the ways of Jesus as well. You know, like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's the word of Jesus, obviously, but the way he did things. Mm -hmm. And in his treatment of women, you see a way. An intentionality. And an intentionality, a deliberate, like, I'm entrusting this to you. I like that word way. I'm entrusting this good news. I'm sending you. I'm deliberately choosing you to be in that spot. And that he's built in his disciples now a culture where her word's going to be received. Yeah. And I don't even mean gets the credit for saying it, but just her words are going to be welcomed. They're going to respond because of what she said. Right. Because her of, words have weight. To, and yes. she gets to deliver yeah. the actual world's best news yeah. right. to the world. Like, and first to his followers, but like but this, beyond. Is, this is the biggest piece of news. This isn't who won best album. I mean, this <laughs> is like the biggest piece of news in human history. Yeah. She gets to deliver it. 
That's our girl. Yeah. I just feel like, way I to go. I see why she's your favorite. Yeah. yeah I love and her. we know this story is not about her. The story is about Jesus. No. The story but, is about the mm-hmm. one, you know, about whom the biggest yeah. piece of news is. But we learn so much about his ways yeah. by seeing Mary Magdalene's story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, do you find, this is kind of off topic, but do you find that the people who kind of become your favorites are people that you resonate with? Because I, like for Peter, I just see myself in him. Like he just, bless his heart. Like that's what I want to say. Or as our dear friend Catherine says, bless his bones. Bless his bones. <laughs> bless his bones. Okay, not just the heart. heart. The bones, yes, man. Just okay, way deep. Me. Like mm-hmm. all the way, all, all the way At a visceral in. level. Yeah. That's right. May he be blessed. But He'll eat the I, streaky bacon. Yeah. <laughs> just like very Southern. <laughs> so, so Southern. There's something about Mary Magdalene that I feel a kinship with her. Mm. And I feel a kinship with Peter. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. So Okay. If we're talking about favorites, yes. at least in this week, you know, these five folks that we're talking about, I got really excited. I read, you know, all the different readings this morning because I really wanted to prepare. And boy, John really stuck out to me. And I think that seeing so much of his story kind of all in one place, which is what I love about the books because it kind of curates it and pulls it all together as so you can see it in one place. Which is a tall order for someone like John. Right, because who, he has whole books of the Bible, four of them. Right. Five, five books of the Bible that he has written. So John is the gospel writer of the book which bears his name. He wrote First, Second, and Third John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. In Revelation 1, he's just told, write what you see. And that's the book of Revelation. But here's what I love about John. I think I didn't realize, and I know that this story is about Jesus, but I don't think I realized all of the very pivotal things that he got to participate in. Yeah. Like we see the transfiguration. I also love that we get John 1-1 from him. We get in the beginning was the word where all the other gospel writers began their books with the nativity and where John said in the beginning, in the beginning was the word, not just in Bethlehem, not just here, but way back then before anything else. And that reminder, of course, both of those things are true. One doesn't discount the other, but it's a really important piece of the story. And I also love that John was imperfect. That he and James got together, and they didn't even ask Jesus first, hey, could we sit at your left and your right? They came to Jesus, and they said— We assume we're going to be at right, your right, left right, and your right. Wait, but I'm going to be here, right? Okay, Mark 10, it says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. <laughs> Please they, say yes. They, Great. Could you say, I'd like you to do us a favor— but we're not going to tell you what it is. This, I mean, I'm seeing my children's faces yeah, in my real. mind right now. Yes. Because, Mom, I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to say yes. And then verse Great. 36 says, what do you want me to do for you? He asked him. And then they answered him, allow us to sit at your right and your left in glory. And then verse 38 says, Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or be baptized in the baptism I am baptized with? I mean, verse 45, where Jesus kind of goes like, that's not the point. I didn't come so that you could get to know me and then sit at my left and right. And he says in verse 45, guys, for the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He was just kind of saying like, you don't get the point. Mm -hmm. We're not here to, you know, get a hierarchy. We're not here to be served. Not even I am here to be served. Absolutely. And so we get from John this like this great transfiguration moment where he gets to witness, you know, Elijah and Moses on the mount. And by the way, that moment, two things. 
I love that that's the moment that Moses gets to see the promised land. Yes. Oh, can we talk about that? I love that. Bless I his bones. I love that. And I, I think it speaks so much to the faithfulness of God. Yeah. And yes. the kindness of God that there is this moment. That there's a recorded moment that Moses... Actually, in the end... Stands and sees in the smack middle of the promised land. How cool is in that? In the smack middle of the promised land. And... It shows God's kindness to specifically to Moses. And I think it's such a kindness to us as readers, you know, and as God's people now who get the privilege of reading that story that like, listen, you may never see the reward, the promised reward. Yeah. Yeah. But God's faithful. Mm -hmm. And like this story doesn't end with what you can see. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I love, because the CSB language sometimes just tickles and delights us. Mark 9 is where we are sharing in the study book. You'll read about the transfiguration in Mark 9. But it says in verse 3, And his clothes became dazzling white, extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten them. (laughs) Eat your heart out, There we go. There you go. Eat your heart out. That's less meaningful than Moses seeing the the promised land. But it it has its own little resonance, doesn't it? It really does. It has its own own little (laughs) resonance. I I love what you're saying about the big picture because I think you don't often... Well, I mean, there are certain people in Scripture where you get to see the arc of a long life. Yeah. And I love that through the New Testament with John, we see the arc of a long life, that you see someone who is described as sons of thunder in their youth. I mean, that doesn't (laughs) say anything good about his social skills. (laughs) Uh -uh. Nothing good about his ability to deal with conflict or anything. Do you know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. when that's what your name is, I mean, John issues yeah i mean they're clearly there Mm -hmm. but then you come and you see this one who is faithful and almost you see the refinement as he walks with jesus and that he gets to see these moments that he gets to fall asleep at gethsemane and uh, (laughs) i mean he has these that he receives jesus's mother as his own and you just see this maturing but i'm struck as well even by the time you get to revelation whereas i john your brother and partner in the affliction yeah. yeah, you know that, he, and and I think of, he's done some maturing. He's done some maturing, and he's lost. I mean, where are the twelve now? Yeah, at right. this point, How, they've martyred, and and most he, of them martyred. M- most yeah. of them martyred, and him sent to Patmos to die, mm-hmm. right? And the church having these great, wonderful things, but there's been some troubles as well, mm-hmm. you know, and persecutions right. and all these things, and just seeing a faithful walk, mm-hmm. uh, I think, is a gift that we get from John's story. And that a faithful walk isn't an easy walk. Mm-hmm. Right. And isn't always a lineal walk in terms of your own growth and development. But there is a faithful walk that you see in his life. And God continually working and continually refining and him continually focused on Jesus. Yes. Yes. And I mean, there's always the, the inspiration you get from the small things, aren't there? And when you focus on a verse. But sometimes for me, I love to pull back and see this big picture of just the hand of God yeah. on somebody's life. And, and John gives us in the beginning. In the beginning. And then he gives us revelation and so much in between. He yeah. he gets to touch point with Moses. Yeah. Like, yes. I, I mean, mean how cool. Incredible. He has seen so much. And in this collection of scriptures, I believe it was in the John Day, where it uses that language, like I've seen with my own oh, eyes. Nice. Yeah. And he talks a lot about what we've seen and heard. And then, and then I, at the end of John. Yes. That's wait, what is that I, where you're, that's you're what literally headed up. the same place I'm thinking. It's John 21, 25. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were mm. every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. It's so rich. It's such a mic drop too. It's just like, and this isn't even scratching the surface. This is just the bits we could give you, friends. Yeah. Yeah. This is just what we could cobble together. There's so so much more. And it speaks to that relationship and that longevity of 
John's faithfulness and God's faithfulness. Mm. And clearly, you know, those aren't equal, but it's, it does speak to that because he had seen so much Mm. and yet that's not even all of it. Which like knowing that we'll never know or we will in eternity, you know, but even as we assembled this book, we had a lot of sort of definitive pronouns that we used and we kind of washed them away in some of our subtitles. Like when we were saying, you know, oh, this guy, he was the blind man that was healed by Jesus. And we switched it to, he was a blind man that was healed mm-hmm. by Jesus, you know, yeah. because who even knows? Yeah. Maybe he wasn't the one. Yeah. And we so know, just kind of so broaden good. that and just release it and just go, we don't, we, if the scripture contains just a little slice. Yeah. And here's what I love about this train of thought that the spirit has us on right now, because this is not just a conversation to have about people whose names are recorded in scripture. If for any follower of Jesus, and if you know Jesus and you know God's word, that is a relationship that you cultivate over time. We too can trace that arc of relationship. And it's not linear. Like you said, Joe, like it's not, oh, this is just a straight, like simple growth trajectory. Like this is what you can expect and the formulas you can fulfill. Right. No, it goes up and down. It goes round and round and side to side. Like it's, you know, we're a mess, but God's faithfulness, when we go back and we trace, you know, even before we knew who he was and rarely do we know what he's doing, you know, and just to know that were we to write it all down, Mm-hmm. Were we to write down everything that we've seen, books couldn't contain it all. Because even we, now we didn't see Jesus in the flesh on earth, no. But we've seen God's hand in our lives. And if we had time today, we could go around and we could have that Absolutely. conversation. And we have the promise, what Paul says in First Corinthians 13, Now I see in a mirror dimly, then I shall see face to face. Yeah. And I think that cloudy mirror is definitely a product of we're humans in a fallen world but I also think you know somehow God also makes that a grace because could I even handle knowing you know there's something that I feel like I've just the Lord is teaching me in this phase of life is I don't always really understand what I'm asking and what I'm praying for yeah you know that what um, you need Right. And that, you know, sometimes I don't want to know the why or the answer. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it doesn't matter. It's just that right now I just need to keep my my gaze, you know, just locked on his Mary at his feet, as we'll talk about next week. Hey, friends, Hannah here. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about one of our all time favorite products, the She Reads Truth Bible. Each Bible features artwork, key verses, timelines, reading plans, and more. Our heart for the She Reads Truth Bible is not to add or to improve on the perfect and complete gift of Scripture that God has given us. Rather, our heart is for everything we've included in this Bible to point back to God and His Word. Because we always love to give our podcast listeners a special deal, we're giving you 20% off all Bibles when you use the code PODCAST20. So head on over to shopshereadstruth.com to purchase. Okay, I'm going to pivot us a little bit. On our reading list for the week is The Rich Young Ruler. Like it is a reading list. It is a reading list. You have some assignments, people. But we're going to read about The Rich Young Ruler this week. And I find this story compelling, 
challenging, convicting, <laughs> convicting, I find it lots of things. And I feel like it kind of, every time I read it, I just tilt my head a different direction of, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm curious, Joe, like, give me your just first thoughts when it comes to the rich young ruler. What about that story points you to Christ? I find it so poignant because he, this guy wants the Lord. Yeah. Yes. He wants Jesus. And yet... Uh And I think there have been many chapters of my life where I have wanted the Lord and yet. Mm, I think good. And I, what I find poignant about one, that Jesus looks at him and loves him. Mm -hmm. And this guy's like, I've done all these things. I've done, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And Jesus knowing that, yes, there is something that is still holding you back from me that you can't let go of yet, that you're not prepared to let go of yet. And yet he's doing almost everything and not yielding the thing that God, is inviting him to do. And I, I find it poignant when I think of the Western world because of much of the affluence that is our everyday reality. Yeah. But I find it poignant in our lives because there is such an earnestness. You know, often the people I meet or the people I'm working with are just wanting to do the right thing by God, <laughs> are just wanting to connect. Yes. And yeah. yet we have to be honest about the areas we find hard to surrender. Yeah. We yeah. have to be honest about the things that master us. Hmm. And what I'm struck by with the rich young ruler is that the wealth and the security that it brings mastered him. Yeah. And so it had a louder say than that longing for God. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. That ultimately, and that he goes away sad because he does want the Lord, but he knows he can't let go. Maybe not for all of us, our riches is wealth, but there may be something in our lives in different chapters, in different areas of my life, there has been something where I'm like, I love you, God, but... I love this a little more. I love this a little more. And I can't, if I let go of this, I'd rather have the thing I know than step into the unknown with you. And the gap that the loss brings, you know, the the gap. Because Jesus was very intentional and said, here's what you need to do. And we know that there are other people around Jesus who had wealth. But he knows that this guy is mastered by this stuff. And the only way he can be free is to dislodge its impact in his life. I noticed today when I read it, even that he addresses Jesus using the word teacher. Yeah. Like he approaches this and probably Mm. him being a rich young ruler probably plays into this, but he approaches this from an academic standpoint. He says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus says, you know, well, you know, you know the commandments. Because he says, you're an academic, you know. You know the deal. And then the, the young guy responds like, oh, yeah, I've actually, Jesus, don't worry. Check, check, check. I've done all of that. And Jesus is saying, I don't want your actions. I want your heart. Yeah. And Joe, when you said, like, there are a lot of people around Jesus who have varying levels of wealth, but this is something that has mastered this person. You just sit in that. Like, Amanda, like you right. said, it intrigues us. It convicts us. Yeah. It encourages and challenges us. And it reminds us that our relationship with Jesus is not academic. No. It's no. not a checklist. It's not a, like I've gone to the Word for the certain amount of time in the day and I've walked away having not murdered or committed adultery. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, just, just like not that. And that's what Jesus is saying. He looks at this man and loves him. Yeah. Because it's about love. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy has loved something more. Yep. And... I'm struck here in the text, he goes away grieving. Right. I mean, it's not like I'm angry at you, Jesus, for this. Right. Or, this is madness. I'm not doing this. He goes away grieving, knowing a sense of loss that he's not with the Lord and yet right. still not able to let go. And I, you know, we come to the word and we're under the word and, and we read the word, but the Bible reads us. And this for me, this story <laughs> is the one where it reads me yeah. every time. I'm like, man, yeah. it reads me because it's that, oh, 
Yes. And it doesn't resolve. No. Like that. Like no. he walks away sad and we're just left like, oh. And then you go I mean, like, oh, buddy, turn back around yeah, and like, change. Come back, come but back. then you're like, oh, you're me. But yeah. we don't, yeah. and we don't yeah. ever know. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know mm-hmm. what happens no, with we him, don't. right? Yeah. It's so, it's something else that you said, Joe, resonated so deeply with me because I, I feel it so often is there are times in my life and not just past tense where I would rather stay in the familiarity of where I am. Yeah. Then step into the unknown. You said, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially that, even, even if the place where I am is dark yeah. or if I'm in sin, you know, I mean, I'm, that is, I'm not proud to say that, but there are times when it's really hard to take that step toward yeah. because where we are might not be great <laughs> and maybe we're in chains to something, be it wealth or something else, mm. but if we know... There, it's not so easy to step into the unknown. And that's why I deeply believe that it's a grace of the Lord when we make that step. And it's a mystery. I don't understand it. I just have a feeling that there's a ripple effect to that statement that mm. a lot of us are nodding our heads right now mm. and know what that feels like. I, I'm struck as well that even... I think what gets me about this guy is the potential as well. Yeah. There's so much potential for this man who other people would be like, yeah, I've only kept a few of those commandments, actually, Jesus. Do you know, <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? He's kept them all for years. Mm-hmm. For right. years mm-hmm. he's done this. He's a good guy. He's a, he's a good man. Yeah. He's a good man. But he has got this quiet, I can't remember which theologian used to call it, the darling sin. Oh, the yeah. Kind of one yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, like the cat that you'd stroke gently on your, that you've tended to. I've heard that too, but I can't think of who. And, that, uh, and we'll find it. And then Jesus says, and follow me. And you know, like in the Greek, it's like to follow, you're uniting yourself to a road. You can't stay on that road and. Can't stay on the both roads. You can't stay on both roads. You're actively turning. And rather than, up until this point, he could coexist. You know, he could coexist yeah. with his area his the mastering the two masters Mm -hmm. i think it hits me that in this moment that jesus calls us out and says you can't coexist with the two no i'm actually inviting you Mm -hmm. into freedom i'm inviting you to follow so i'm curious joe i know we said earlier in the conversation rachel how did you put it um joe is a woman championing women she's a woman who champions women yes Mm -hmm. and you've done Bible studies, you've written books, and your latest one, I feel like there's something about this conversation that is reminding me of that. And I think it's possibly this, and full disclosure, having not read the full book, but just knowing pieces of it, Mm -hmm. I feel like there is an element of that stepping out of the familiar Mm. and into the unknown because of who Jesus is and being willing to embrace that unknown because something I'm fond of saying lately is like, we we may not know where we're going. Mm. We may not know what God is doing. We may not fully understand our gifts or mm. our callings. Yeah. But if we understand, if not understand God, that's a tall order. If we know who God is, then there's still maybe not a safety, but there's a surety yes, I in, would. in walking with him and toward him. Yeah. And I think what, brings me back and when I think of the book and stuff and, and Ready to Rise, I, it's that potential again. It's this potential. This ruler was someone of potential. And ironically, by the world standards, he'd already accomplished everything. 
But the right. potential in Christ was not fulfilled. Yeah. yeah. The potential of, good. as a follower, was not fulfilled. Right. And I think when I, I am, like you both, really, I'm undone and inspired and compelled by the potential I see in the women around me. Yes. Of that. every generation. Yes. And of every ethnicity. We're made in the image of God. Yes. And it's that, will we, will we in response, because it's not to earn, is it? It's in response right. to who Jesus is, in response to his love, in response to grace, in response to the cross, will we step towards or will we allow these things to keep mastering us? Yes. And, but there's this invitation, not just to, yes, to get right with God, as we like sometimes like to say, but to follow. Yeah. Right. So that our daily life is there, is his purpose. Ironically, I mean, we call them our gifts and right. our purpose, but they're his purpose, aren't they, for our lives? They're his right. gifts that he's given to us. Well, and even that word potential, the potential I believe you're speaking of is maybe something that the world wouldn't label potential at mm-hmm. all. Because potential kind of implies like tapping into opportunity and yeah. success and rising in the world's eyes. Yeah. And you're talking about the kingdom, which Absolutely. is different. Absolutely. Rising to join God in what he's doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing in yeah. John 5, 19. Yes. It's like, what is the Father doing, sisters? Because that's where we want to be. What yeah. is Jesus doing? And what have we seen? I've been immersing myself in Matthew's gospel just to remind myself again of the words, the works, and mm-hmm. the way of Jesus again and again and thinking, I just want to be where he is. Yeah. With whatever my life looks like as a mom, as a wife, as a neighbor, as a carpooler. <laughs> yeah. My favorite things. Uh-huh. Um, but I want those things infused with right. his word. Mm-hmm. Because if we are infused with his word, there is no way it doesn't impact. Right. Because it transforms us. Right. In every way. In every way. Yeah. As a Target shopper. Absolutely. <laughs> amount of times I've left Target without shopping. That's the Lord. <laughs> that is that the is. Lord. That That's is. my testimony. We've got our hand in the air. <laughs> Hands in the air. That's the Lord. That is. Oh, girls, I wanted so badly to get to Bartimaeus because it's mm. so cool to me. Well, even just like out of five days this week, we're covering, you know, one of the favorite women in Scripture. Yeah. We're covering John, the writer of five books of the Bible. And we're covering Bartimaeus, the blind beggar. Here's the thing about Bartimaeus. It's a really short account in scripture. You'll find his story in Mark 10. You guys will read about this later this week. But he's a blind man. And what we know about blind men at this time, they didn't have an occupation. They owned no land. The thing that they did, their occupation was begging. And so what we know about him is that he's a blind beggar and he has a coat on him. And he hears people saying that, you know, that Jesus is coming through town. He heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth coming through. And he just began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on mm. me. And a lot of people warned him to be quiet. Mm. And, and he, he said, nope. and, <laughs> and then crying out all the more, have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and called him. Here's the first thing I love about this. Well, the first thing I love about it is that Jesus stopped and called yeah, him. I love that. Yeah. Jesus stopped. But I mean... The sleeper here is, so they called the blind man and said to him, have courage, get up. He's calling you. I mean, can we pause and just like, I want to be that person. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. That's I want to so say to the people who need Jesus, have courage, get up. He's, He's calling, calling you. you. Oh, that's good. That's amazing. And then the next verse, it says, he threw off his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, I want to see. Okay, here's what's important here. One, he throws off his coat. 
He's he nothing. Needs that he coat. needs that coat. That is his one protection against the elements. That is his one yeah. thing that keeps him safe. So he throws off his safety. Wow. And so good. And then Jesus asks, "What do you want?" And the reason he asks is because if this blind man becomes not blind, his occupation is out the He's door. He's out of a job. He doesn't yeah. have his only land. Job is he doesn't yeah. have a trade. And so by becoming a blind man who can now see, by becoming a seeing man... So starting all over again. He's got nothing. Wow. But he's got Jesus. And he and says... he's got his sight. Rabbani, which I'm probably pronouncing incorrectly, I want to see. Mm. And... I think when you're saying that to Jesus, you can pronounce it however you, you want. You can say it however yeah. you want. <laughs> I'm not great at Aramaic. But and then Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. And immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. Y'all, that is like 10 it's, verses. No, it's eight verses. I mean. How much have we learned about Christ, about what it means to encourage one another in Christ, yeah. and what it means to follow Christ So good in yeah. those eight verses. Okay, guys, before we go, you know that what we do on this podcast is open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. And boy, did we do that today. Yeah. And as we go out, let's just give testimony to beauty, goodness, and truth of the Lord that we are seeing in our lives right now. Okay, I have a thing. It's a little bit tender, so everybody buckle up. But this, like just, Joe, thank you for being with us. Thank you but for having me. hearing women that I love and respect read God's word aloud and celebrate it. Like, I mean, I have actual tears in my eyes just watching. I'm just watched you read that story, Rachel, from scripture. And there is such beauty and delighting in God's word. And so I see that and feel that now, just mm. watching you two rejoice over Scripture and delight in God's Word. And not even just like the fluffier stuff, but like the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. yeah. So That's good. thanks for that, guys. Yeah. Joe, where are you seeing beauty, goodness, and or truth in your life right now? You know, I am. I'm learning to slow down a lot at the minute. And I'm a, naturally as a personality I'm just go, 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 all the things. And I'm learning to slow down. And one of the things I'm doing is when I'm just taking a moment to step outside and breathe and to just take those. It might just be for two minutes Mm -hmm. and to remind myself it's a day that the Lord's made and it's a gift. Yeah. And sometimes I've just, I mean, I grew up in, in London and I've lived in the States for 15 years. And over the years, I've seen different landscapes. You know, I lived in Arizona for a while and, you, and it's got this huge, big sky. I lived in California in the ocean. Now I'm in Minnesota and you have these kind of the winter and the starkness of the trees. Mm-hmm. And yet there's something every time which has me undone about God made this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My father made this. Oh, that's good. Our God who, yeah. in the midst of your frenetic life and all the, the lists and the carpools and the things you've got to do, you've got to do, your God made this. And it's just been a beautiful thing to stop and enjoy it with him. And a beautiful reminder of the goodness and the greatness of God. Yeah. I think that's been Amen. the thing. I don't Amen. enjoy it enough. Yeah, even just those breaths. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's such yeah. a gift. It's just, again, a reminder to, I'm not in control. Yeah. I have a God who is holding my life, yeah. holding my family, holding my concerns, holding my people. Yeah. And, and when I meet with him and his word, he reminds me again and again. And then it's almost like I go outside and there, it echoes. Yeah. It just echoes what I've to, read. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. All right. Rachel, I'm going to count on you to take us to. No, I'm already home. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> delighted right now. Guys, listeners and friends, you're going into a week where you're going to read some really beautiful scripture. Mm-hmm. And even before you get started on that right now, go outside. 
Mm. And if you can't go outside, look outside. Yeah. I want you to experience just that taking a minute and remembering how big the Lord is. Give thanks to Him for what He has done, what you have Mm. nothing to do with. Give thanks to Him for His Word. And if you go right back into what you were doing, but pause and reflect and remember. And then join us this week. Of course, we can't wait to read with you. Guys, we are so thankful for your encouragement on this podcast. Y'all have been the best encouragers. We hope you're enjoying. Y'all, go into your week knowing that the Lord is good and His steadfast love endures forever. Mm -hmm. And until then, Amanda, what do you want to tell them? Keep opening your Bibles. Bibles.